neuroanatomy. Excellent. So neuroanatomy and neuroscience kind of just about overlap. Neuroanatomy um, means that I'm pointing at lumpy, bumpy bits and saying this is this and it probably does that. Neuroscience is thinking about what happens inside the lumpy, bumpy bits. So you'll see some of that overlap here. We're going to talk about the thalamus um, from an neuroanatomy perspective right i've started my five minute timer oh my word five minutes on the thalamus what is it where is it what does it do what happens if it gets damaged how might it get damaged that sort of thing right the thalamus what am i talking about so this is a structure in the brain it's a collection of nuclei nuclei being the cell bodies of neurons and connections and the thalamus is very much about connections it's part of the diencephalon if that means anything to you it's between essentially the brain stem and the cerebrum so the stuff going in and out of the skull and the stuff at the top of the skull and it is a link in the chain of major sensory pathways that's the main way to think about it but there is more to it than that so where is it? Well, as I said, if you go up the brainstem, so if you go up the spinal cord, through the medulla oblongata, through the pons, through the midbrain, then you get to the thalamus, you get to the diencephalon, these very central structures. So the, the hypothalamus, for example, is just below the thalamus. And in fact, there are two thalamuses, but they are very, very central. Each thalamus is kind of, it's an ovoid shape, like an egg or a rugby ball. Um, there's one on the left, one on the right, just either side of the midline. And in the midline in between them is a little space with cerebrospinal fluid in it, and that's the third ventricle. The thalamuses are posterior to the basal ganglia, other nuclei, other collections of neuron cell bodies, very central in the brain, and the basal ganglia are involved in movement, and we'll see that they're also associated with the thalamus. They're very, very nearby. The cerebellum is hanging off the brainstem, and that's also very, very nearby, and the cerebellum is also involved in organising movement functions. Ah, The body is covered with sensory apparatus, Touch, pressure, temperature, pain, light, taste, everything, all of that sensory information except for smell goes through the thalamus. And the thalamus's job can be thought of as a sensory sieve. Um, it, all that sensory information comes in. Most of it you don't need to know about right now. It decides what is important, raises that to the higher levels of consciousness of the brain and makes you aware of it. For example, you wear clothes all day long, probably. Um, you're probably not aware of those clothes touching your skin all day long. Thalamus is filtering that out. But as soon as a fly lands on your arm, you're instantly aware of that and you react to it. If there's a movement in the corner of your eye, you turn towards it. You're instantly aware of it. Um, that's the thalamus coordinating all of that. So the lateral geniculate nucleus, if you've looked at the visual pathway, that's part of the visual pathway. The lateral geniculate nucleus is actually part of the thalamus. Um, so vision goes through the thalamus. The medial geniculate nucleus is, is similar. It's for sound. Um, and along with sensory functions, we find that the thalamus also has a lot of motor functions. There are links between the basal ganglia and the thalamus and the motor cortex, motor cortices in the cerebrum. There are links with the cerebellum. 
So the cerebellum is, there's, you know, there's a lot of proprioceptive information coming in from the body, telling your brain where your limbs are in space, how long or short or stretched your muscles are, and using all that information so you can move without falling over, so you can walk normally and smoothly, right? The thalamus, it turns out, is involved in much of this, which makes sense if it's involved in sensory information, right? So it has sensory functions, but it also has motor functions, and then it turns out that it also has links to the limbic system. The limbic system of the brain is a whole bunch of bits and bobs that are involved in memory formation, emotion, pain, that sort of thing, right? Oh, well, that does kind of make sense as well, because when you make memories, you're making memories of things that are coming in through your sensory apparatus, right? So it kind of adds up. And links to other parts of the cerebrum as well, like the prefrontal cortex and so on. So the thalamus is considered to be the gateway to the cerebral cortex, to the higher parts of the brain. Okay, what about injury? Well, the blood supply to the thalamus is through the posterior cerebral artery and the posterior communicating artery. Little branches from these pass into the thalamus. So little, little clots, little thrombuses, thrombi, um, if they pass into the thalamus, it's very likely they'll include some of those little blood vessels, which will cause ischemia of parts of the thalamus or... There's my timer. Or, you know, multiple parts of the thalamus or the thalamus as a whole. So given what we've said, you might find a loss of sensation from the opposite side of the body. Uh, we've talked about pain. Stimuli that don't normally cause pain could cause a form of central pain, inappropriate pain. There may be a sensory ataxia in that a loss of that proprioceptive sensory information that's coming in is lost, which means that the normal movement coordination mechanisms can't work properly. So there's an ataxia, you know, the gait is mucked up, balance is mucked up because of because of this. Uh, there could be visual disturbances, auditory disturbances, there could be memory forming alterations and more. So the thalamus is central anatomically and it's central to um, brain function, right? The thalamus, in a nutshell. That's a bit of a joke because it looks a bit like a nut. Anyway, okay, see you next time. <laughs>